Hi. Hello. Welcome. You're listening to Chin Chin, a brand new podcast where we talk about all things life, love, and everything in between that's worth raising a glass and toasting to. We are your hosts, Matt and Sophie, and each episode we'd love for you to join us for a drink as we catch up and share a few laughs because, after all, this is happy hour. It's our season one finale, and we're talking breakups, moving on, and love. Whether you've kissed a few too many frogs, found out that Prince Charming is a D-bag, or you're walking away from the love of your life, grab a bottle or two, let's chat and say goodbye. Just for now. Chin chin. We're having some very serious wine discussions today, aren't we, Soph? We are. So I thought we should actually include everybody who's listening because we were getting like well too like stuck in to try and figure out what the hell we were talking about. But we're drinking a um, Pinot Gris. Um, This one's by Elephant in the Room. So they're part of the fourth, uh, I think they're called fourth wine wave or fourth wave wine, I should say. Yeah. And um, they've got heaps of really good wine brands under them. But this one, we're just talking about before how like, it's quite a round tasting wine. Hey, like, because when I think of, um, like a white wine, I always tend to default. Like my baseline white wine is a Sauv Blanc. Okay. So it's like really crisp and really kind of like, I was just saying to Nat before, like if I had to give it a color, it's like more green. Whereas I would say this wine's more like a yellow wine. (laughs) And that's why we're just talking shit before. Um, but it was like, yeah, it's almost more like oaky or round. I don't know, but I really like it. I like Pinot Gris and this one's a really nice one. And actually the artwork on the bottle is so cute. Hey, look at that little it Ellie. It is really cute. Isn't it cute? Elephant in the room. I know. So I thought Elephant in the Room would be super appropriate today um, because it's from the Limestone Coast. So it's a South Australian wine, but I just loved the title Elephant in the Room because we're talking about breakups this week. And I just think like sometimes that can be the biggest elephant in the room if you've just like ended a relationship with someone and you're walking into a party for the first time and nobody knows and they kind of go oh where's and then you have to go through that awkward moment of being like oh we're not together anymore or having those conversations that can be quite awkward or uncomfortable and I just think that breakups are something that everybody has experienced and it's just one of those crazy things like we all have like some kind of I guess experience with it yeah breakups are complicated yeah but before we get stuck into it how's your week been my week's been good I'm a little bit sad because this is the end of season one I know, isn't it crazy? It's been like pretty it's crazy. It's been so a pretty fast. crazy ride, but I've had so much fun. Me too. <laughs> it's crazy to think about all the things we've spoken about, hey? I know. We've talked about a lot. What was your favourite episode? Oh, oh gosh. I really liked the one that we did with um, Ali. Yes. The Friends of Chin Chin. I thought that was so wild. Like, it was one of, like, I mean, such a crazy story and experience for her to go through, but I think it was something that was really good to share. And I hope that we get more people riding into the show because I think there's such richness and sharing experiences other people have as well. Um, And I just think she's amazing, the fact that she got through that and and is still such a bright, bubbly, positive person who's now gone to meet an amazing person and, you know, is really happy in her relationship. So, yeah, I loved that episode. Um, But what about yours? Did I think you my favourite favorite? is always going to be Crazy Naked. I know. Of so course. I, was, I was wondering if you were going <laughs> to say that because I love that episode too. And I yeah. think the thing is with that episode, like we had no idea. We still don't know what we're doing, let's be honest. <laughs> we just here to drink wine and just have a chat. And just like have a good time. But I think that that one was such like a 
that was such like a milestone, wasn't it, was, it for us? Yeah. No, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We've we've learned a lot. So yeah, it's just exciting to be here, but also a little bit sad. I know, but you know what? I'm season two is totally scheduled. So mm. this is not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. So we can get some planning, and we've got some exciting news as well. So um, watch this space for season two. So this looks amazing. Like, what have you whipped up for me today, Maddie? Well, I think during our break, I'm going to take some cooking lessons, but I could do salmon again. <laughs> but I like salmon. I so like salmon too. Yeah, I'm that's always down for it. crispy skin salmon. Yeah, so I've made a nice salmon in like a lemon type dressing um, with a caprese salad. So it's nice and fresh for an afternoon record. So I thought you'd love it. It does look really good. And I had to stop myself like hoeing into eggs, Benny, before I came because I was like, <laughs> you knew I was Matt would be, ma- I knew Matt would be mad if I had <laughs> came I to with a whole stomach. Before I had cooked for you. But then again, this could be awful. So it's like a hit and miss situation. Oh, looks good to me. It but I was good, literally yeah. going to bring some snacks over too. But classic you, always like the forever punctual early, <laughs> early B you are, was literally like already here, ready to go. So I was like, oh, no time to stop, like to get a little extra like cheese board, like chaturi so things. Fine. Well, that's the thing. So like I was coming and as I was coming down the road, like about to come turn down yeah. to where the apartment is, um, this Audi in front of me, I, th- I don't think they knew where they were going like they must have been following a gps because last minute like hit the brakes and put the indicator on to turn so i had to slam my brakes on yeah and literally the wines i had sitting on the front seat like passengers because they uh, have that kind of status in my car (laughs) my children and they just flew off and like flew down into like uh, into where you put your feet on the passenger side so flew off clinched together i Mm. thought oh my god they've smashed it was literally like watching your child fall off the play equipment or something i was like Spend it. Smash. Imagine how sad this would have been if we would have had to drink like soft drink or something. I know, I would have hated that. But it was literally like um I was I've never seen wine shaken up like that. It looks like it was almost like a sparkling, but it's come good again. So anyway, it's all right. It tastes normal. (laughs) (laughs) It's like probably, I don't know. Like I wouldn't recommend shaking up your vino like I just did, but it's settled now because we had it in the fridge for a while. But yeah, literally a heart stopping moment. I think we should have a toast, Soph, to a really, really great season, a great partnership and learning a lot about each other. It's been a ride, hey, babe. It has been a lot of fun. And I haven't managed to kill you with my cooking, so that's got to be some. I know you've actually you've definitely done very well, and I'm like loving that you're getting more and more adventurous, like you know, each time. So it's been good, and I've learned a lot about wines from you as well. So you've taught me. Oh well, I think the thing is too, like we're all just kind of like it's all about like learning little bits of new information every time. I think that's what's kind of cool. Like exactly. it's like not too over the top where it can feel overwhelming. Cause sometimes wine can feel like that. Like I love wine and I've been drinking it for a bloody long time. <laughs> I can tell you that, but you know, there's still so much to learn and like, you know, there's so much to know. So I think that's kind of what's fun is like learning little bits along the way. Hey, exactly. Well, let's cheers to a great season. Cheers. Chin chin, chin babe. So this week we're talking about breakups and we are talking, I guess, about them in like a variety of senses because, you know, you can be in a relationship with somebody for a short time or for a long time and both can have a significant impact on you depending on, I guess, like 
what kind of experience you had with that person. And I think sometimes um, people can minimize those experiences, you know, if like you've only been together for a short time. And I think that that's something that's really interesting and something we're going to talk about today. But I guess the thing is like, no matter what the circumstances around a breakup, you're saying goodbye to somebody that you shared a lot of things with and can sometimes in in some instances be quite significant milestones in your own life as well. So I think it's something that like, um, you know, society tells us to kind of hurry up, move along, get over it, just throw yourself out there and you meet somebody new is plenty of fish in the sea. But, you know, I think it's really important that we talk about like the significance of a breakup and how it affects us going forward as people. So that's what we're kind of chatting about today. So I guess Maddie, like tell me about your first breakup, because I think the first one, first significant breakup it can be a pretty big deal and it can also like shade a lot of relationships to come yeah for sure i think relationships and breakups in general are very complex and i think they're very unique to each person and for me i remember my first breakup and i was completely devastated i was 19 i think and i had been dating a guy for about six or seven months and I remember we just weren't very compatible as people. We were just, you know, two ends of of people. That doesn't make any sense. Two ends of the scale, I guess. Yeah, you were both really different. Yeah, like, we were both you know, really different people. And we kind how of did met you each, meet? We met each other through Instagram. Okay. Which is kind of gay mecca, I think. That's how I meet all of the boys. Do you? Yeah, always. I don't think I've met anybody on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah. No, so I met him on Instagram and we kind of... It was all exciting and fun and it was my first relationship and I'd only recently kind of come out. So it was a very new experience for me. Did that make it even more exciting? I think so, because yeah. I think you had just kind of really like embraced your sexuality. Yeah, I think so. I think it was because it was like that kind of coming of age moment for me. So Exciting. Yeah, it was exciting and it was new and it was like, you know, spending time with somebody and learning about somebody else and sort of taking the focus away from me which yeah. is, you know, what, what always happens in a new relationship. Um, but, yeah, it just kind of didn't work out and we ended up going our separate ways. Um, but I remember thinking, this is awful. Like, this is such a horrible experience and I don't know how I'm ever going to get over it. You feel like you might just fall apart in that yeah. moment, hey, and, like, have the world swallow you up. Like, you'll never get get past and I think everybody feels like that everybody feels every like relationship but yeah. usually more so the first early ones the first one yeah the first one was hard but I think time is a really really good perspective but it the thing is really like there is nothing bloody more annoying than when someone goes give it time you were here but it's really like, true it's I know, but really when you're true. in it that's the last thing you want to hear you're like I know, but I just want to be fine now. Like, I think it's yeah. an impatience thing. Like, don't you reckon? Yeah, I do. But I think that it's not realistic to think that you're just going to get over something straight away. But the older you get and the more experiences you have, the easier things become. So I look back on it now I and totally think, agree. yeah, it was really tough and really crappy at the time. But I look at it now and I'm just like, what was I thinking? So that's so interesting I think yeah. many people look back at people that they've previously been like engaged with you know like you know dating wise and they kind of think like it's so obviously never was going to work out mm. but when you're in it just like you don't see those kind of sides of things you, kind like, of you don't see the differences you see on. what is the same yeah. yeah and you kind of think everything's perfect or you see this person as this kind of ideal perfect person and that's it's never really the case you know everybody has flaws we're all human um but yeah I look back and it was definitely a learning experience for me 
Can I ask, was that your first person that you like had sex with for the first time as well? No, it wasn't. Okay. Cause I think sometimes, and the only reason why I'm asking that is because like, I think sometimes that can be like add even more kind more of, to it. yeah, like devastation to something that because that person has been like a first love and maybe a first person that you've been intimate with or had sex mm-hmm. with for the first time. And it can be even more kind of gut wrenching when suddenly this person who was your everything when it comes to relationships is removed. Yeah. Cause it's quite funny. Like I remember thinking that because I had some friends who had boyfriends in early high school and stuff like that. And that wasn't the case for me. I didn't have sex or date anybody like properly till after I finished school. Okay. And, um, I remember thinking actively, like, I don't want the first person that I have sex with to be somebody that I am in love with. And it's weird, but like, I knew I didn't want that because I had seen so many people get like, so enthralled and almost become part of these toxic relationships where they break up and get back together and break up and get back together and break up and get back to bed together, you know, and it was because they were each other's first experience of everything, of love, of sex, of intimacy. Of and then there's the codependency aspect of the codependency. Whole they hadn't had a chance to grow up and become themselves. Like once you go through a big transition, as we're talking about self-reinvention yeah. um, recently, it was like, you know, after high school, for instance, that's a massive point of self-reinvention where you get to stand into your own light as a person mm. and you get to figure out who you are just as an individual. But if you're in a relationship and you've been with that person for a long time, you know, and, and there are successful high school sweethearts who get through it, you know, without having any separation. But I think for a lot of people, you don't have the opportunity to grow as an individual. And I think that's really interesting, hey, because, like, if you have, like, a breakup, you know, it can be quite devastating if they're your whole world. Yeah, I think so. And I think especially like when you meet somebody between like 18 and 30, you're in these Mm -hmm. kind of massive growth and change periods of your own life. And unless you're with somebody that's kind of on the same page or you're growing together, it can be really difficult to make a relationship work. 100%. And I think like, you know, then you have to start thinking like, what am I prepared to compromise on? But what also like am I getting from this relationship that enriches my life too? Because compromise is something that has to happen. But also like we all get so much from relationships that are positive and are successful. So it's you have like, to work out the pros and cons in every relationship, I think. But, yeah, I but agree. yeah, I think my first relationship, I look back and think it was a good learning experience. But the older you get, and with me, like my next relationship was a lot more intense and we lived together and we had like a whole life together. And that was a completely different situation in terms of moving on because when you build a life with somebody or when you have all these shared experiences or you travel or, you know, you're so ingrained with somebody, it's very, very difficult to sort of it's a lot more invested. Like, yeah, yeah, you have built a home per se. What about you? What was your first breakup like? Oh God, my first breakup was awful. I was just like gutted. Like I was just ruined after it. I was really sad because like I was so like obsessed with this person that I was dating. Like I literally thought that they were like, what is that? That's not my phone. That's not my phone either. (laughs) What was that? I have no idea. Please continue. Okay, so as I was saying, very sad for me before the vibrations went off in this whole apartment. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was really sad because, like, I 
I'd like, I had seen people before this relationship kicked off and the person I was seeing before this really hadn't sorted shit out with their ex. And so it's a bit of a complicated one. Oh, it was so complicated. Like she started messaging me really abusively and I was like, I don't even know you sister. Like, it's like, she told me once that if, um, cause I was going to go to his football game that lucky I didn't go because otherwise she would have scratched my eyes and ripped my hair. I was Not like, oh, my God. Allie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm not Ali. Ali's Ali. But it was just literally like um, – Fuck, this makes no sense. Um, but anyway, it was just like really intense. And I think I was just like, wow, this is a lot. And it was just kind of like, I guess, like a little peek into like what relationships ending can be like. It can be really complicated. Mm-hmm. And it just fizzled out with this guy. Cause like, you need to sort out stuff with this person that you have been on and off with for years. Like this isn't working. Anyway, then I moved on and had like this um, relationship with this guy that I just thought was the best thing that's ever walked the earth. Like Mm -hmm. we just, I think we're both really like on socially, like we just kind of like zing off each other in social situations. I just thought he was like super attractive, really smart, really intelligent. I just praised the fucking ground he walked on. He was like, I was very infatuated. Let's just say that like too young to be in love, but I was very infatuated. So anyway, like we were kind of together for maybe six months or so. And, um, yeah, I just like, we were starting to have like a few little issues at the end. Like, I think I was struggling a little bit with my mental health and I think cause we were so young, I think that came off as being like a lot maybe for him to handle. I don't think he really knew like how to kind of like, you know, deal with that. Okay. And then there was other kind of factors that play too. But anyway, we kind of ended up breaking up and it was, I kind of thought that we would kind of work through it and then we'd get back together, but that just wasn't the case. Like he had in his mind made up his decision. So did you end it or did he end it? He ended it. He so ended I was it, okay. definitely fucking dumped hard. And I was like, take me back. Yeah. Like it was sad. But do you know what? Like when we broke up, we actually had like, so we had broke up, like it was the night before New Year's Eve, right? And he was like, we we're supposed to go to this big party together and he was like you go like I'll just do my own thing like you know you should go and I was like I definitely don't want to go and I also didn't want to go and be like everyone be like where's you know where's old mate and then me be like oh we're not together anymore like Mm -hmm. what a downer you didn't want to have the whole discussion with oh my god can you imagine 12 o'clock coming and me just being like just like sad gal in the corner like with my bloody passion pop probably at that age (laughs) but anyway it was just like I was like, no. So anyway, we ended up having like what was actually a really nice breakup kind of ending. We like spent the next day, so New Year's Eve day together and like went for a walk and like cooked all this food. And then we decided to have like a dinner date in the apartment. So he was living in a really nice apartment, like in the valley. And so we like set up like a full like candle dinner and like had this really nice like wine and like cooked all this really nice food. And we had like a little dance in the lounge room. It was like super cute. Was like this before you broke up? Or? We had just broken up. Oh. Like, so, cause I was, I was like, we were both sad. Like, you yeah. know, I was fucking gutted, but he was sad too, to a point. Like breakups are not black and white where it's just like, see ya, you know, like yeah, we both still had feelings, yeah. but he just, I think had not like known at that point that he wanted to kind of, it wasn't going to work long term. Okay. So we had this really amazing, like really beautiful new year's Eve together. So we mm-hmm. had, had the conversation, you were going to go separate ways. So it wasn't just like we had this conversation and then we just left. 
like we kind of almost like had this like closed off this chapter of our lives together by having this really beautiful dinner date and like having a little slow dance in the lounge room to like some of our favorite songs and stuff it was actually so cute it's actually really lovely it was so nice and then the next day we got coffee and stuff like that and then he dropped me home and then that was it and like to be honest I honestly believed that we were going to get back together at this point and I think that's what made it really hard to move on and I definitely like didn't take to the breakup ending well like I really had so much hope still that we were going to get back together and I think almost it's harder in situations like that where it wasn't like someone's cheated or someone's like you know done the wrong thing where you can be angry and you can be like I deserve better and there's like a hard black it's and white thing it's not as thing. easy to process it when there is no kind of fine line of being like this is what was wrong no. this is why I should be moving on exactly and I think honestly like we were both really quite young And it was just like, I just don't, like, it was just not meant to be, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it was, it was really difficult. Like it was really difficult because he was still like floating around the same circles. He ended up dating somebody that, you know, I kind of knew as well. And that was really difficult to process and see, but, you know, we had been in that similar situation when we got together, he had dated somebody that I knew as well. So it was kind of like, I had to accept that, but it didn't make it easier because I totally thought that we were going to get back together. And I think that's honestly what made the whole process so hard and why I was just like caught up in this breakup process for so long Mm. because it was just like having hope and then feeling betrayed and then like going through all these emotions. So I was 100% the fucking crazy ex-girlfriend. And it was sad because it didn't have to be that way because we had such a nice ending to our actual breakup. And that's what I was going to say to you, you know? because the really odd thing is in so many relationships, you don't get that closure. You never get mm-hmm. to have a kind of end. Like you don't have that conversation a lot of the time. And the fact that he took the time to say, you know, let's spend this day together. Let's do these things that you really enjoy and then kind of end it amicably. It yeah. almost made it worse in your situation because then it left you more confused. It made it worse, but at the time, like, you know what? I look back and I feel really lucky to have had, like, I guess somebody who was like prepared to like, we were both good people. Like we both wanted to have like that closing of that kind of time together, but he had made up his mind. And like, the thing is when somebody's made up their mind of like something's not working or something like that, there's nothing you can do. Like you can't Mm. be in a relationship that's one-sided. And I think I was just still very young and naive and I just wanted more. And I also don't think like, because I had never been in a relationship, like a proper relationship before, or hadn't experienced a breakup. Like, I didn't know how to deal. Like, I just didn't know how to deal with rejection. And I think it was just kind of, like, a bit difficult because when you're young and you're naive, like, you know, I remember, like, him one time being, like, maybe like this feels too good to be true because like I was just in such an ignorance is bliss like just enjoy like joy bubble of relationship it's like oh well you better get used to it so you kind of get like that validation that hey we're on the same path we're on the same path and then so when those paths deviate and it can be a bit of like a surprise to a point it's kind of like I think harder to to process long term but with that being said it made me better as a person. Like, I think like the whole process of going through that, like it made me better as a person, but I also think it's made me put walls up a little bit. Like, I don't think you ever get that same like flutter in your heart. Like when someone messages you, like as you go through other relationships, yeah, that's so true. like, yeah, you just don't get that 
that kind of buzz that you get when you're first dating or courting somebody anymore because you have been burnt a little bit and it's not being bitter but I think it's just being self-preservation yeah and just sort of making sure that you're not going to get to that extent again yeah and I think that's what happens with everybody after they have their first kind of person they just kind of like from that then you are always a little bit guarded which is why I have so much admiration for people who do fall hard and fast and are just kind of fully present and fully invested like amazing I wish I could be that person me too I'm a little bit like you where I kind of I have my walls up a lot Mm. from past experiences and things like that and I think it's a lot harder to sort of move on like I see people that will get into a relationship and then break up and then the next week they'll be with somebody new and I kind of look and I'm just like yeah, I, can do I don't that really either. understand how you can do that because I need me, breathing time in between yeah, I need breathing time but I also need time to process it and kind of understand why things have happened and I also just I'm not the person that's ready to let somebody in straight away yeah yeah and it's actually you know what's so funny is like it because it does shade like how you then react in other relationships like I've had relationships between you know that very first one and then now um with my current partner Sam but I remember when I was like Sam and I were early days my god poor Sam he was (laughs) like he didn't think I was interested because I was so slow on replying to text messages and stuff like that and I think it wasn't because I wasn't interested but it was just that I didn't get that kind of like um just like kind of naive like zing in your stomach when somebody messages you that you're interested in because I think I felt I had kind of been like burnt before so I like kind of I guess that was a guard up for me and I didn't even really kind of like aware be aware of it until like I had self-reflection time but then it was like yeah I just didn't think you're interested because like sometimes take half a day for you to get back to like one message and I was like I was at work too mate to be fair like on the clock and I think in relationships as well it's about learning other people's communication styles because love languages as you being burnt and like with love languages for you you're not really a texter you're somebody that likes to speak on the phone so or in person yeah, we're yeah. in person. I'm so, so bad with the of, reply. Yeah, you have to get to the stage where you kind of understand each other's like nuances and just yeah. so true. But That's also really with important. but also with like texting, like mm-hmm. when you're first kind of messaging someone, whether it be on a dating app or like something like that, it's like you always message. Like it would be so odd if someone called. Like I would, I'm a caller, but I would be like, oh, yeah, oh this would this would be so strange if courting. someone just yeah. So like text messaging is the thing. So for me, like it was like you know and it can be misconstrued too so poor sam god bless him stuck through it and look at us four years down the line (laughs) but um yeah it was that was my kind of like breakup experience so it was very like strange like it was you know very nice in some senses like and i had i guess opportunity for closure and we kind of had that nice time together but it actually set me up for a lot more heartache in the long term because I still had that hope and then end up feeling like a little bit kind of like betrayed with like how other circumstances like panned out around it. And okay. I think that was just difficult. You know? How do you think it impacted you like in terms of moving on to your next relationship? So like obviously you said you had your walls up and things like that, but moving forward when you met new guys, did you know when it was like maybe time to walk away a little bit quicker or, or no? I think I did a lot of comparing in the beginning. And do you know what was so bloody annoying is like everybody that I met initially, I think the first three or four people that I was like, oh, he's cute and Mm. like having a good chat. And then it'd be like, hi, I'm Sophie. What's your name? And they all had the same fucking name (laughs) as this guy that I was dating. I was like, fuck. I was like, (laughs) 
I was literally remember saying to one guy, being like, of course it, of course it is. And he was like, what? And I was like, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Back to me. But because it was just, you know, you just kind of feel like you're in that bubble a yeah. little bit and you're just like, fuck my life. Yeah. No, breakup, breakups are just really challenging in general. And I think you just have to process it whatever way works for you. Yeah. What it's- about yours? How did you move on? How did you go? Like in your next few kind of well, dating relationships? Well, I went from like my first relationship, which wasn't super serious, to a relationship that was very serious where, you know, we lived together. Um, we went traveling together. We did we did a lot. Like we, our lives were fully ingrained. We had mutual friends. But that's friends. because you were older, right? Yeah, I was a little bit older. So I was 20 or 21 when I, when I met him. And he's a great guy. And I still think an awful lot of him. But it was just one of those situations where... We dated for two and a half, three years, and that's a significant amount. It's a significant amount of time, especially like in those those years where you're kind of like you know studying studying work or studying a career or meeting those people that are really fundamental in your life. And we were at a stage where we both kind of came to a crossroads, and I decided to move into state for my work, and he wanted to stay here, and it was. It was a really weird situation where we kind of did long distance for a little while and then it just didn't really work. Like we weren't Mm. communicating, we weren't, you know, moving forward with the relationship and I ended up saying to him, you know, I don't think this is the right thing for either of us, it's not making either of us happy. I think it's hard with long distance because that brings a whole other element into it really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think because I was living somewhere else and I'd kind of started a new life, it added like all of these other complexities to it. So it was really hard, but I thought that, it, you know, it was the best thing for both of us to do to move on. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a massive process where, you know, I really, really struggled to move on for a really, really long time. I think it's really hard when it's amicable. Yeah, that's what we were saying before, yeah, because when it's, it's amicable, really there's not really, nobody's really done anything wrong. And when it's just not really kind of, you're not on the same page, like in terms of because yeah. you're wanting different things out of life or if it's like, you know, in my circumstance, it was just kind of like not quite the right fit or, yeah. and it's like, it makes it so hard because you're kind of like, but we had a good thing, but there's obviously like things that just aren't quite aligning still. But then it's also like on the flip side of that, if you've got absolutely like annihilated by somebody treating you so poorly that's equally difficult to move on but I feel like that makes it difficult because you project that onto future relationships exactly. whereas I think it's when you break like when you're breaking up with somebody and it's amicable I think it just takes longer to actually let that person properly go because yeah. you still will in my uh, I guess circumstances over multiple relationships where I have very sadly always been the dumped one. Oh, <laughs> it's, I know I had a six month curse for a while. So I get to six months and That's then they'd be like, um, thanks, but no, thanks. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. I'll see you later. Yeah. No, I but think with like, me, you know, I just knew that it was kind of the right time to walk away. And you know, we ended amicably and it was really hard to walk away and sort of move forward. And I spent a long time comparing everybody to him. Yeah. I think that's normal. meeting new people when I was dating and thinking, you know, you're not, as good as this person, you know, you're not offering me the things that this person offered me. And for a long time, I was really hung up on it. And it's taken me years. years. It Absolutely. takes years. Yeah, it's taken such a long time. And obviously I'm in a relationship now and, and things are different, but you know, being in an amicable break, amicable breakup, sorry, can't speak, is very, very difficult mm. because oh, there's so no tough. way to kind of hate somebody. No. And the thing is like, nobody wants to have hatred in their heart, but it does make it difficult to move on because you don't get it. That's like, you know, proper sense of like, 
you can't empower yourself with that. I deserve better than this because what you have is actually good. But mm. like we said before, it's not really kind of panning out. So, and you know, we have different me, wants. Somebody said to me the other day, I wasn't sure if it was you or if it was somebody else, that you have to have 52 full days of non-contact. Was yeah, no, you? no, you told me that. Was like, yeah, that. so, was, <laughs> yeah, so we're at a picnic together. So there's yeah. this concept that says you shouldn't speak to an ex for 52 full days after you break up so that you can kind of move forward properly and if you end up having any contact with them whether it be a text message or you know liking something on instagram that whole cycle starts again yes i feel like that i can see that in so my when life, you're still involved like, with people you know, where it like, happens for a long time yeah like with with your ex and he was still involved with your friend group or with my ex where we had mutual mm. friends it's very difficult to sort of move forward because you have all these other people that are involved you have all these memories or you know you've or traveled places to this of place circumstance or... where you're going to run into each other exactly yeah and brisbane's oh, a small place mate you tell me <laughs> but it was like honestly like I think also like the biggest piece of advice that I got that I got just after like my first kind of proper breakup, because like I said, I was very like invested still, um, was you need to stop saying their name. So like, you know, when somebody talks to you and like, for instance, like if somebody's asking me about the podcast, they're like, Oh, me and my friend, Matt, blah, 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 blah. blah. And like, I talk about you actively, um, it's finding ways instead to not actually use that person's name and to kind of instead if if there's like a shared circumstance so that, that you've experienced with them. So it's like someone's like, oh, have you been to this restaurant? And if that's the restaurant that you've had this really great memory with your ex with, instead of being like, oh, yeah, you know, me and my ex, blah, 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 went there and we had our, one of our anniversaries and like sharing that memory with somebody because then you'll kind of bring it up to the forefront of your mind. Instead, you'd be like, yeah, I've been there before. And then you just talk about it like in a more generic sense of like, oh, the food there's amazing. Like, you know, I had a really good time. I'd be keen to go back and make new memories at these places with other people. And I think like if you're proactively not using their name or kind of like drawing them back into your life, like uh, mindfully. You're actively removing them. Then you're helping let go. Yeah. And just move forward over time. Yeah, okay. And that's something I actively implemented. And then I would go back and message them and be like, chit-chat, whatever, yeah. fucking, like, because sad me. But it was just, like, part of, like, I think growing up and being young and, like, But being, I don't think like, it's necessarily, like, sad you. I think it's just that's a human nature thing. People, that's what I mean. Like, because you're wanting to connected. engage and it's, and it's just kind of, like, because you still value that person. But it's, like, for me now as I'm, like, progressing and getting older, like, I think I, for self-preservation reasons, would put a much harder line in the sand about it now for my own self-preservation. And I think that's just from going through this process a few times now, I tend to be the person who keeps reaching out to people who I've broken up with and it just doesn't work and it doesn't serve me and it ends up causing me more pain in the long run. And like, I think the thing is nobody wants to be that person. I think you need to fully stand in that light if you are that person like me who has tends to be like message people and, you know, stuff like that because there's no shame in it, but it just doesn't help you move on. And yeah. I think like people liking the person is like, oh, my ex has been messaging me again or something like that because you feel empowered. Whereas if you're the messenger, you feel disempowered and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not helping you in your progress. And I think that you just have to own that. And I think if you're that way inclined, you need to be mindful of it. And I think I've learned that over a few processes now. I've just been like, okay, 
you know, even if it's amicable or even, you know, no matter what the circumstances, just always be polite, but don't engage unless you're engaged with and just try and move forward and find more positive things that are in your immediacy and looking forward rather than backwards. Yeah. And you have to be in like a really good mental headspace as well, I think, to make rational decisions because I think sometimes... Not on the Vino's late at night, that's for sure. Exactly, yeah, because you get caught up in this kind of fantasy of what a relationship was and you only look at the positive things. So you think, so oh, my true. goodness, we went on this amazing holiday together. Or, but you oh, forgot you when we fought over who was going to sleep on which side of the bed or something dumb. Exactly, yeah, but you always, always think of the positive things. So I think it's important. I was thinking about when I used to live with my old housemate down in Melbourne and when you were saying about not using somebody's name, I remember because I'd just been through my breakup and he'd been in a breakup a couple of years earlier and I remember we both used to discuss it all the time but we'd always talk about them using their names or talking about things we'd done and it kind of became this thing where... You feed each other. We fed each other's energy. You feed the beast and, and it's not healthy. And then because of that, we weren't moving on. So we weren't going out and like meeting actively people. meeting people or actively going and dating. So like, true. Woe is me or, oh, or I you still kind have of to think you this. keep reminiscing. You do, yeah, and you reminisce on all the good things. And you put them on a pedestal too, and it's like yeah. they're human, like they do not walk on water like, you know, they yeah. are just normal human beings. Yeah, but I think as time goes by as well, you learn to sort of realise what you're getting from not being in that relationship, not being in like sometimes an unhealthy yeah. relationship, sometimes a relationship that just doesn't serve you anymore. And when you move forward and you've had a little bit of time, it gives you that perspective and clarity on finding what you want from the next person. I think that's been a really big thing for me because, you know, when I've been on dates and I've been comparing them to my ex or thinking, oh, you're not this or you're not that or whatever, I've come to realise that they don't necessarily have to be that person, but they have to be somebody that is going to add more value to my life. Exactly. And the thing is too, like... We need to remind ourselves that things didn't work out within those relationships for a reason. So us trying to clone what that relationship was or who that person was in the in the next person, it's not going to work out then anyway. Like I think one big thing, and I've definitely spoken about this before that I think has made my relationship with Sam so far so successful is that like, we are just like the cornerstone of our relationship is how supportive we are of each other. And we've gone through some crazy, crazy stuff like as a couple and also individually over the time that we've been in a relationship. So that's bonded you even more. It's bonded us, but also like your person is your cheerleader. They're in your corner. They've always got your back. Like they will, you know, even if it's like, I'm not sure what I can do to help you right now, but I'm here for you. I'm present. Like, you know, that is so important. And like that validation as well as like just actually being taking initiative and just preempting needs and things like that. And I think that that is something I have never, ever had in any other previous relationship. And it's something that I didn't realize I needed. And so now that this is really important to me, whereas there were other things that I had kind of put higher up in my, like, I guess when you're like dating somebody, like what you have in your head of like, what is your ideal kind of partner attributes and stuff like that. I hadn't really thought about like somebody who's supportive because I guess like at that point in my life, I hadn't really been through any kind of significant difficulties. I was kind of in that like just cruising mode. And so like now that- It was less of a priority in the past. Yeah, because I hadn't, I didn't realize I needed it. And like now as you get through life and you're figuring out like that you're going through life with somebody and this is your person, then it's like you look for those attributes. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that's a really great way to look at it. I think- Would you say, like, from all of your past experiences, 
it's kind of taught you a lesson in loving yourself a little bit more and expecting more from your next partner? I think it's like, uh, yeah, I think the thing is like when I was younger, I was still figuring out like who I was. I think I definitely projected like strong energy. I think I'm quite a strong personality, but I think that was often sometimes the downfall in my relationships is because then people started to see me as a one dimensional person. Like I've, you know, suffered with mental health on and off over many years, like, you know, and it's just like, I think when somebody meets you at a party and you're bubbly and you're on and you're having a great time because I get so much energy from people who are around me are really social and positive And we just feed, feed off each other, like that positive vibe. Then when you're in a relationship, like, you know, there's days where you wake up and you don't feel so great or you're stressed or you've got a bit of like, you know, you're feeling a bit depressed or maybe struggling with anxiety. And it's like, you know, I think that is the thing is like when you're going through those things, you kind of almost get crushed down to being one dimensional. And I think like that was a big thing that I've learned is like, I'm not a one dimensional person. Like I have many facets to myself. Got a lot of layers. I have like Shrek. You're like an onion. I'm like an onion. <laughs> Thanks donkey. <laughs> like an onion. You make people cry. But it was just like, I think that was like a big part of it. So I think it was more so self-awareness came into rather than more self-love because so I didn't right? even realize that that was happening until now I've experienced something, somebody who doesn't do that to me. And they're therefore the best of me, but they're also there for the worst of me. Mm. And I mean, the worst of me is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I think everybody, it's, everyone has those experiences and everybody has their bad days and, you know, traumatic things that are happening in their lives. Yeah, and of course. If you don't have Because we're those, human. Yeah, we're human beings. And if you don't have people around you that are going to support you, sometimes it is better just to be on your own. And honestly, like, no one should make you feel like you're too difficult to love because that – or, like, you know, that there's parts of you that are unlovable because that's just not your person. No. Like, it's just not your person. And, like, the thing is, like, everybody has – like I guess things they're going through or baggage or some kind of like you know thing in their life that they kind of is their big mountain to climb and you want somebody who's going to compliment you and like support you and like help g you up and push you forward in life and not kind of like minimize you you know I love that yeah. So I feel like breakups sometimes, like, although they can be a fucking hell when you're going through them. They can be them, a blessing as well. Yeah, they can be a good thing because it means you've learned something. It's not necessarily, like, all nasty, doom and gloom, doom and gloom <laughs> but it just means that you've got to take time out to reflect and kind of, like, brace yourself for, like, exciting new opportunities and just be open and kind of project that openness outward. And, you know, I guess the biggest thing is don't hope to clone your ex-partner because it won't serve you as well. Yeah, and it's not necessarily going to be the right thing for you moving forward because you've obviously no. left that relationship for a reason. Exactly. And you've got, you know, more to learn, more to give, and there are so many people out there. There really are. And I think the thing is, like, you know, you've just really got to be open for them. And I think also, like, I don't know, like, I think when you're not ready for love, it gets you. Like, mm. when you're not ready to find that person because you're content within yourself and i think when you're like really in a good place in your own life it's when you that's least when that person it. comes along 100 that's like everything that i honestly believe everything happens for a reason and some people say to me that's such bullshit and i'm totally into that bullshit i'm but ultimate woo woo girl i think it's so true because even with me like i obviously have met somebody in the past couple of months and i remember 
maybe it was the middle of this year, I deleted Tinder and I deleted all the apps and I was like, I'm so sick of dating and I'm so sick of going on these one-sided dates with... After you had that date with that guy who was not so great oh, in the podcast. God, I can't even remember who he was, but <laughs> all of those people. But you go on all these dates and you have all these like hopes and expectations. Hopes and dreams. No, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I bloody know. It's awful. It's I was hard single work. And I was actually kind of okay with being single. I was like, I'm actually embracing this. This is great. But you'd go on dates with people and you'd be really open and like, yeah, I'm going to give people an opportunity and I really want to have a chat and go and do these fun things. And I got to the point where I was just like, I'm so sick of doing this. It's been, you know, a couple of years of me actively dating and I just deleted everything. So I deleted yep. all the apps, deleted everything. I was just like, you know, you just, what? I guess like moved your like energy. Like it's like, not that you were closed off to meeting somebody. Mm. It's just that you were like, I'm not going to actively look. Yeah. And I also feel like you just became like content within your own like presence. That's when and that's somebody. when all the energy goes out because people can feel that like you're vibing, like yeah. that you're just happy yeah, because that's, that's what attracts people. Yeah, that's for literally sure. what happened. And then I eventually got Tinder back, as you do when you get a little bit bored. Um, <laughs> and the first person I swiped on was Drew. So, oh, you know, and, and ever since then, you. you know, great. That's so <laughs> nice. I love that. Do you know, I remember as well, like when I was overseas too, like I remember even having that whole experience of um, I remember like a similar to you when you deleted all your apps. I was like, okay, like I'd go out and I'd go on a couple of dates and I was like, okay, like I would be thinking the whole time, like, this is fine. Like it's not going badly, but I also kept being thinking like, I wonder what my friends are doing. Cause I knew they were all together, like having drinks and probably going out to dinner and then going to this bar or going to a pa- like a party. And That's I'd be thinking, <laughs> and, but it's, it, there's nothing wrong with these people, but I just thought this is like a, a sign that I am just like, really not ready for a relationship. I think I was just kind of like, liked the idea of it, but I just really wanted to be like present within my own life and enjoy traveling and having good times with my friends and those shared experiences there. Yeah. Because I knew they were going to be in my life long-term. Whereas these people, I was like, hmm. And sometimes you prioritize different things and that's fine. And I think sometimes you have a breakup and then you have to have your single phase. I think that's really So true. You have to just have a fun time because you have, I think being single having that session in your life is so important because you figure out so much stuff about yourself and it leads to so many better relationships in the future, whether it be better relationships with your friends, better relationships with your family, or, you know, after having that single period, you end up just being so content when you meet somebody. Yeah. Because you don't rely on them. There's no codependency. There's no stress. It's kind of just like, oh yeah, if you're going to add something to my life, I would love you to be a part of it. But if not, I am completely content on my own. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh, so true. Well said. Very well summarized. Maddie? I feel like we should propose a toast. It's toast time. (laughs) Ding a ling. What do you think we should have a toast to today? I feel like we should toast to breakups being the sign of like a new chapter in your life. And I think like taking on all the lessons that you kind of learn through somebody because, you know, I think that they actually teach us a lot about ourselves. Everyone's got something to teach us. And they also like propel us forward in terms of like what we are looking for in the next person so i think that they're actually a good thing even though they can be hard when you're in them i love that i think we should toast to loving ourselves first and to a great first season yes let's never break up oh my gosh never chin 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 chin. thank you so much for joining us this season 
As always, we've loved chatting, sharing some insight and toasting to another episode. Please subscribe to Chin Chin however you get your podcasts and follow us on social media to keep up to date with our adventures. You can find us at Chin Chin Chats on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be back in the very near future with more wines and chats, won't we, Maddie? We certainly will. Chin Chin. Chin. chin.